Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew with another batch of fascinating news stories that appeared on Archaeologica this past week. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. A newly found Viking structure in northern Jutland is notable for its huge size. DNA analysis of dog bones found at Jamestown, Virginia shows that they were indigenous rather than European. A Kurgan tomb found in South Siberia appears to relate to a poorly known culture related to the ancient Scythians. And stone flakes in Brazil, previously used to support the idea that humans were there more than 30,000 years ago, now appear to have been made by monkeys. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue this year, including a tour of Viking sites in Denmark. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of January 1st through the 7th, 2023. Our first story takes us to Denmark, where archaeologists have unearthed the remains of a Viking hall that may have been used for political meetings or various community gatherings. As reported by Smithsonian Magazine, the large structure dates to the late Viking Age from the late 9th to early 11th centuries AD. According to Thomas Rune Knudsen, the excavation leader and an archaeologist with North Jutland Museums, the timber structure is the largest Viking Age find of this nature in more than a decade, and nothing like it has ever been found in North Jutland. The remains are located near Hune, a village in North Jutland. When it was fully intact, the building measured up to 131 feet long and 26 to 32 feet wide. A series of 10 to 12 rectangular oak posts held up the roof. The hall's design is similar to that of structures archaeologists have found at the Ring Fortresses built by Harald I, including Firkat near the town of Hobro, and Eosborg near the village of Eosund. Harald I, also known as Harald Bluetooth, ruled Denmark as king from around AD 958 to 985. The seafaring Vikings inhabited many places during the centuries before and after Harald's time, including mainland Europe, Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, Greenland, North America, and the Faroe Islands, leaving behind longhouse remains as well as swords, jewelry, and coins. According to Knudsen, the newly discovered hall would rarely have stood alone, and he hopes to find evidence of other houses nearby. The settlement would have a farm, as well as the seat of a powerful Viking family, and the excavators believe a nearby runestone reveals the family's identity. The runestone, standing nearly five feet tall, dates between A.D. 970 and 1020. The carving hails a nobleman named Runulften Rolsniele, with words saying that it was set here by his sons, Hu, Torkil, and Torbjörn. According to Knudsen, 
While it's difficult to prove that the newly found hall belonged to Ronulf den Rolsniele and his family, it would certainly have been built by someone of equal standing and wealth. The archaeologists excavated half of the Viking Hall last year, and they plan to unearth the rest this year. They will utilize radiocarbon dating to estimate more precisely when the hall was built and how long it was used. As a side note, this discovery is very close to the path of our upcoming tour called the Viking Age in Denmark, which actually features visits to the Harald Bluetooth ring fortresses of Fyrkat and Eiersborg. Next, we go to the North American site of Jamestown, Virginia, where DNA evidence confirms that indigenous dogs roamed the area when the English colonists first arrived, only to be later replaced by imported domestic dogs from Europe. As reported by the science news site Fizz.org, the colonists may also have eaten some of the native dogs out of desperation during harsh winter months. A team of archaeologists at the University of Iowa were able to extract DNA from the remains and confirmed they belonged to an ancient dog that was likely the size of a wolf or coyote. It's the first proof found that indigenous dogs were at Jamestown in the 17th century when colonists arrived. The bones are part of an artifact collection owned by Jamestown Rediscovery, part of the preservation group called Preservation Virginia. According to Ariane Thomas, a PhD student at the University of Iowa who was part of the research team, the DNA places the Jamestown native dogs into lineages reaching back to some of the earliest introduction of dogs to North America, around 13,000 years ago. News of the discovery was first published last spring, when the team had DNA from only two dogs at Jamestown. Since then, a third dog's DNA was added to the study. The third dog's remains are closely related to remains found at a large Native American archaeological site called the Hatch Site, occupied about a thousand years ago, located 20 to 30 miles southwest of Jamestown. The Jamestown Rediscovery Research Program began in 1994. According to Michael Lavin, Director of Collections, they have recovered over 3 million artifacts related to the first settlement of Jamestown beginning in May 1607. The canine research was prompted by questions about how indigenous dog lineages were replaced by European ones, especially whether they were killed or interbred with European dogs. Thomas's team looked at the maxilla, or the upper part of the dog's jaw, because those tooth roots are best for DNA sampling. Researchers were able to get samples from three specimens. Previously, archaeologists were unsure whether the dog remains they found were European. The indigenous dogs were smaller than many breeds known today. According to Lavin, excavations that document the exceptionally harsh winter of 1609-1610, known as the Starving Time, show that colonists struggling to survive ate many foods that they wouldn't normally consume, including their own horses, cats, and dogs, as well as rats and the indigenous dogs. The colony that started with around 350 people plummeted to only about 60 due to crop failures followed by severe winter weather. According to Matthew E. Hill, Jr., Associate Professor of Anthropology at the University of Iowa, even later in Jamestown, evidence indicates butchery and people eating dogs never as a food staple, but sometimes during periods of strife. The team believes the three dogs they studied were likely village dogs that native people used to hunt birds and deer.
According to Thomas, the colony leaders gave a white greyhound to Powhatan, the chief of the Powhatan Confederacy. The gift came from King James I of England, the sponsor of the colony. Researchers have not determined whether the indigenous dogs discovered at Jamestown were gifts from Virginian indigenous peoples to the colonists or a trade item. According to Thomas, it could be that the dogs simply came to Jamestown with native Virginians and stayed there on their own. Our third story takes us to South Siberia, where archaeologists from the Siberian Federal University have uncovered a Kurgan tomb from a previously unknown culture. The discovery was first made when workers were clearing land in preparation for a new cemetery. Construction workers bulldozed a 30-meter diameter mound that they thought was a natural hill, but quickly realized was actually the sod over a tomb. As reported by Heritage Daily, much of the huge inner tomb has survived, and researchers from the Siberian Federal University, led by Dr. Dmitry Vinogradov, began excavating it in 2021. The complex excavation has uncovered the remains of 50 bodies, buried alongside numerous grave goods. These were placed in a rectangular pit, lined with timber and with a floor covering of birch bark. The tomb likely had a wooden roof, but this was destroyed by the bulldozers. The site is 2,000 years old and belongs to a previously unknown Scythian-like culture. The Scythians were Iranian horse-riding nomads who migrated from Central Asia near the site of this discovery to the Pontic Steppe in modern-day Ukraine and southern Russia between the 7th and 3rd centuries BC. Artifacts from the tomb include beads, bronze plaques, miniature symbolic bronze daggers and battle axes, as well as knives, mirrors, needles, and ceramic vessels. One of the most significant finds is a bronze plaque depicting a stag, a popular motif in Siberian animal art. The researchers believe that the site served as a family tomb for generations, after which it was sealed off and set on fire. Evidence for this includes discoloration in the soil resulting from intense heat. After the burning, the tomb would have been covered in soil to create what the people of the steppe call a kurgan, which means a burial mound. Based on the findings, Dr. Vinogradov and his team believe that the tomb belongs to a transitional culture they now call Ticinian. The name was first suggested by the late archaeologist and historian Mikhail Gryaznov, based on an archaeological site on the banks of the River Tess in the Minusinsk Basin. Researchers think the Ticinian culture emerged on the margin of the known territories of the Tegar culture during the 2nd or 1st century BC. Tegar culture was a major Bronze Age Scythian-like culture that lasted for about six centuries in South Siberia. The Tegar area was one of the largest centers of bronze smelting in ancient Eurasia. We end the week in Brazil where new analysis of 50,000-year-old flakes suggests they were not made by early human migrants, but rather local capuchin monkeys. As reported by the online science website iflscience.com, the stones do come from the Pleistocene era, but probably received their use marks through use by tool-using monkeys. This interpretation casts major doubt over what was once considered strong evidence for early human occupation of the region. 
Researchers scrutinized images of previous finds from the archaeological site of Pedra Ferrada in the Brazilian state of Piauí, which produced a cache of stones with conspicuous marks of use dated to between 32,000 and 50,000 years ago. Due to their antiquity, these lithics were heralded at the time as the most robust and coherent evidence sustaining an early population of the South American continent. However, primatological research found that capuchins are exceptionally good at producing lithics similar in appearance to the ones made by humans. According to the study's author, Agustin Agnolin, from Argentina's National Scientific and Technical Research Council, capuchin tools generally consist of pebbles and large flat rocks, which are used as hammers and anvils respectively, and with which they crack nuts. This is not very different from what early humans did. Some of the rocks split during this process could easily pass for stone tools found in any human site. Such monkey mimicry has led to some heated disagreements between archaeologists over who or what created the stone deposits at Pedra Ferrada. To try and settle the debate, Agnolin and his colleagues reinterpreted some of the artifacts and carefully compared them to other tools made by both humans and capuchins. In doing so, they discovered that the artifacts display only unifacial flaking, with no evidence of bifacially thinned artifacts and flakes. This pattern is uncommon in most human sites, but abundant in capuchin sites. Researchers found that the Pedra Ferrada lithic technology is indistinguishable from that associated with monkeys. Furthermore, no evidence is present that might indicate human presence, such as hearths, animal bones with butchering marks, symbolic objects like rock art or decorations, or human remains. Lastly, the lithic technology at Pedra Ferrada appears not to have changed at all over thousands of years, which is very unusual for sites occupied by humans. As reported by Agnolin, the study strongly questions the nature of the site and prevents its continued use as strong evidence for the early human settlement of South America. The study has been published in the journal The Holocene. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Thank you.